Hello and welcome to People and Profit. I'm Charles Pellegrin. Coming up in the show, a look at how the transition away from fossil fuels and towards more electric vehicle batteries is reshaping global supply chains, trade routes, and geopolitics. We'll talk to Henry Sanderson, who's chronicled the unexpected impacts of the world's efforts to go carbon-free. And we'll head into the Chinese underground with our correspondence, where Huawei is pushing to bring state-of-the-art technology to mining. One of the sectors at the forefront of the transition to a global green economy is the auto industry. According to the International Energy Agency, cars and vans accounted for about 8% of the world's CO2 emissions in 2021, and increasing the number of electric vehicles on the road will have a significant impact in bringing down those emissions. Well, China is leading when it comes to reaching this goal as it plays an outsized role in all stages of the electric vehicle supply chain. Well, for more on this, Henry Sanderson is the executive editor at Benchmark Mineral Intelligence and the author of Volt Rush, The Winners and Losers in the Race to Go Green. He joins us now on People on Profit. Thank you very much for being with us, Henry. Uh, first of all, can you give us a sense of the role China plays in the production of electric cars and especially electric car batteries? Yeah, so China is incredibly dominant in the electric vehicle market, and that's partly due to China's electric vehicle sales have really taken off, and they're about 60% of um, all global sales last year. So um, it has a really uh, rapidly growing market that's the largest in the world, uh, but it also dominates uh, battery production, around 70% of the world's lithium-ion batteries uh, produced in China, and it has the world's biggest battery producer, a company called CATL, which is around you know, 37% at the moment of, of the entire global market. Uh, so China's really leading uh, when it comes to electric vehicles at the moment. And looking at a, a more long-term view, uh, the first stage of this supply chain is, is mineral extraction and processing. How did China manage to get to the position where, for instance, 41% uh, of the world's cobalt is mined by Chinese-owned companies and 73% of cobalt processing actually take place in it takes place in China? How did it get to that point? Yeah, so this is really um, because of China's early lead in a lot of, um, I guess, dirty industries that the West didn't want. And China could do cheaper than, than other countries because of low labor costs at the time and, and relaxed environmental standards. So China really um, became the world's, as you know, the world's uh, not only manufacturing center, but the center for processing um, metals. And, and it's from that early um, advantage that, that it now has a dominant position in processing metals for electric vehicle batteries. At the same time, um, there are a number of Chinese private companies that very um, pioneering in a way went out to Africa, um, to other countries around the world to secure the resources they needed to feed the industrial machine uh, back home in, in China. So China really is quite vulnerable because it relies on imports of a lot of these minerals. So they had to go overseas to make sure that, you know, they weren't reliant on Western companies who could uh, increase prices. So that's really the root of China's current dominance. And can you explain why this, this dominance, this hold over the sector is, a, is such a concern for other uh, developed nations, especially in the West? How, how does this play in the wider geopolitical context? Yeah, so we're in an environment now, as I'm sure you know, where tensions between US and China um, are the worst they have been uh, for quite a while. And, and what, what, what is of concern to the West is the dominance that China has in sections of the electric vehicle 
battery market is so much greater than you know Saudi Arabia has in oil. Um, we're talking you know 80%, 90%, some cases 100% of the processing of these minerals um, is done, done in China. And not only that, but the, the products, you know, the batteries, the, the rare earth magnets, these high value products are produced in China. So all this means that as the West decarbonizes, it becomes incredibly um, reliant on China. And that's a, that's a vulnerability. I mean, we've seen the reliance on Russia for gas um, that was also a vulnerability. So, so the West is trying to de-risk, um, is the word they're using now, to try and reduce um, that reliance. But it's a very difficult trade-off because we need to decarbonize at an ever-increasing speed. We've, we, you know, this is uh, one of the hottest months um, last month ever recorded. So we need to decarbonize. Uh, but to do that cost-effectively, uh, we need to rely on China because they have an uh, incredible lead, as I said, um, in manufacturing clean energy technologies. It's uh, the the race to to go green, as you call it. Uh, it's got a huge impact as well on on the global South countries, uh, whose whose territories are rich with the with the materials and the metals needed to make these EV batteries. Uh, things like cobalt, lithium, uh, nickel. These minerals are are becoming a source of uh, of leverage for these countries. One example: uh, Zimbabwe uh, passed a law that uh, bans the export of raw materials, forcing uh, the processing of these materials to take place uh, in the country. Uh, in the Indonesia has uh, enacted similar uh, similar bans as well. Uh, have these been successful uh, so far? It's uh, it's a really interesting development where resource-rich countries they see the energy transition happening all around them, and they have these resources. They want to make sure they get the best value out of them. We all know of the the resource curse, the, the history of natural resources, and and, and countries that have them is is not a pretty one. Um, so they're trying to get more value for them. And Indonesia, uh, you mentioned, has been successful. Indonesia instituted a ban on nickel um, exports, that's exports of the raw nickel ore, and it has attracted a lot of processing um, and now um, battery factories and other parts of the supply chain. Uh, but for other countries, um, such as Democratic Republic of Congo, um, other countries around the world, it's still an open question whether they can attract um, you know, the rest of the value chain because you need um, cheap energy costs, you need uh, reagents and chemical supplies. So it is an open question, but for sure, they all want to uh, attract more value and have some of this supply chain in their country because this energy transition is a huge economic opportunity. It's a huge job opportunity. So why just export simple raw materials? Well, as we've been talking about, uh, China is a huge player when it comes to mineral extraction around the world and at home, the country's tech giants are investing in mining too, bringing automation and AI deep underground. Mining uh, is a notoriously dangerous and lucrative business. And we're going to have a look at a report now by our correspondent in China, Yen Ali, that takes a look at how Chinese mines are being modernized. And right afterwards, we'll come back to you, Henry. This is one of China's state-of-the-art coal mines. As a part of a press tour, we're shown high ceilings, sturdy walls, and the latest technology, 900 meters underground. Conditions have definitely improved here compared to the past. It's far from the dirty and harsh conditions people imagine. The major change, though, is invisible. Huawei has set up an AI system here and claims their model can accurately oversee 21 different steps of the mining process including pressure relief drilling, which is crucial to prevent fatal rock bursts. For the tech giant, the future of mining is above ground, in control rooms like these. 
We have multiple phones in each work area, about every 200 meters, to ensure smooth communication. Crippled by U.S. sanctions, the Chinese company has been diversifying its services and its clients. It created a mining business unit in 2021, adapting its AI know-how and 5G network to new markets. Those are technologies uh, we think are really, uh, you know, vertical agnostic. This not only apply to the coal mining, of course, we will definitely, as Huawei is a global company, uh, I mean, we always uh, will expand, uh, bring those technologies uh, to the global market. From diamonds in Botswana to potassium in Laos, their projects are far-reaching. That said, homegrown fossil fuels are still a huge source of business. Last year, China approved around two new coal plants a week. Yen Ali reporting there uh, from China. Uh, Henry, when it comes to the use of, of tech in mining or, or processing, is what Huawei doing any different or more advanced in terms of, of that tech than what we're seeing in other parts of the world? Well, just I think that's a really welcome change because I remember when I lived in China, 2007, 2008, there were mining accidents every week, I remember, where, where miners were dying. So that's a huge um, improvement in terms of uh, protecting human life. Um, I think, uh, to your point about tech, the mining industry has been you know, notoriously slow in adopting uh, new technologies. And it's going to be interesting to see what can be done with, with AI in terms of improving efficiency. Um, and as your report pointed out, making sure people aren't um, underground but, but above ground. Um, but you know, overall, uh, China does does need to move away from coal. Um, this is this is one of the critical questions for for the energy uh, transition. How fast China can can move away from from coal? And in this uh, this race to transition to a fully green economy, uh, we've talked about China's hold over this uh, EV sector. Uh, but the U.S., uh, Europe are trying hard to catch up. Do you think they have uh, the necessary uh, strength to 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 keep up with with this Chinese dominance? You know, um, the situation in the U.S. is remarkable because the Inflation Reduction Act, which is a policy uh, launched by President Biden last last August, that's really supercharged uh, developments in the U.S. and spurred a lot of investment into battery factories, um, solar panel plants, uh, you name it, right across uh, clean energy. But what we have to see is, um, you know, can all these plants compete cost effectively? Um, we've already seen there's there's issues in the U.S. with uh, chemical spills, etc. So, uh, you know, can can uh, it, it's very good that all the money is being channeled and and the policies there. Uh, but can can the U.S. compete cost effectively uh, with China? Because these clean energy technologies need to get cheaper, and that's that that's the fundamental path that we need to uh, stay on. Secondly, can this policy be sustained in the U.S.? Um, we, we all know there's an election coming up uh, next year. Can this policy be sustained over the long time periods needed uh, uh, for this kind of uh, dramatic change of the global energy um, infrastructure. But for sure, the US uh, can catch up, uh, Europe uh, can catch up. But I think the argument that you know we can reduce reliance on China uh, from tomorrow um, is not possible. They do have a significant head start and there's going to have to be some compromises along the way. What we need to make sure is that these compromises with China don't um, don't make turn our populations against the energy transition, against moving towards clean energy. That's a sort of very delicate balancing act that needs to happen. Henry Sanderson uh, is the uh, executive editor at Benchmark Mineral Intelligence and also the author of Volt Rush, The Winners and Losers in the Race to Go Green. Thank you for being with us on People in Profit. Thanks for having me.
We'll have to leave it at that for now. If you want to watch some of our other shows, please visit France24.com. And if you have any questions or comments, feel free to reach out to us on social media. In the meantime, thank you for watching and stay tuned.